0: As podcasters and business owners, we are creating so much content for our brand. Well, today I have a special guest talking all about the content creation process and what it looks like to be a full-time content creator. LaShonda Brown is an award-winning corporate film producer, speaker, YouTuber, and tech educator based in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Over the past decade, she and her husband Josh have produced educational videos internationally in both English and Spanish through their company, Life Focus Pictures. Their commercial content has been distributed through outlets like ESPN, ABC, NBC, Fox, Comcast, Cinemark, and even National Parks. Through her YouTube channel, Bootstrap Biz Advice, she empowers entrepreneurs all over the world to leverage tech to grow their business without breaking the bank and generate passive income without burnout. There is no shame in bootstrapping and her tutorials will help you Keep your expenses low and your profit margins high while you DIY. She has partnered with companies like Flowdesk, HoneyBook, JotForm, and Teachable to help their users thrive personally and professionally through webinars, courses, and YouTube content. And she is currently one of Canva's 25 verified experts, which is exactly what she's sharing about this month inside of Mic Check Society. LaShonda is our guest educator talking about how podcasters can use Canva for their business. Now let's dive into today's episode where she's talking all about content creation, including a little bit about Canva and how she did a 25-day challenge back in December. Hey y'all, welcome to The Clocking In Podcast, the podcast for podcasters, entrepreneurs, and professionals making their way in the working world while building their own personal brand in the podcasting industry. I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, owner of Gaffin Creative, a podcast production company for creative entrepreneurs. If you're a podcaster or even just dreaming about launching your own podcast someday, this show was built to help you merge your love of conversation, education, and business. You can find resources, show notes, and more for the Clocking In Podcast at gaffincreative.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Mike Check Society, a community that was built for podcasters who are looking to take their podcast from good to great. Scale your podcasts, improve your processes, and connect with your listeners through our educational trainings, our private members only community, and our monthly calls. If you're ready to join us, you can head over to mikechecksociety.com and enroll today. And you can get $10 off per month with the code PODCAST. Now let's clock in and get to work. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First of all, I want to thank LaShonda, our guest today, for being here and coming on the show to talk about all things content creation and what it looks like to be a content creator. So LaShonda, I'm excited to have you here. I'd love to have you introduce yourself and kind of tell us how you got to where you
1: are today. Hi everyone, my name is LaShonda Brown and I am a speaker, a YouTuber and a tech educator who is still getting used to saying that. Uh, My background is actually in corporate video production. For 10 years, I was creating videos for other people's businesses. And now for some bizarre reason, I'm doing it for myself. And it is, it's hysterical. It's hysterical to be the talent and the producer and the editor and and all the things. But it has been the most fulfilling career shift. And so I am just really excited to share what I've learned over the past 10 years, to be that mentor that I always wanted. So I just share generously on YouTube, and I would encourage you to check it out when you have a chance.
0: Yes. And... Because of what you do, you are serving others so much through education, which is something that I know a lot of our listeners do who are podcasters. So, how do you make decisions on how you'll monetize your work versus relying on community support and all of those decisions to actually get paid?
1: Yeah. So, what's interesting about my content creation journey is I actually took what I'm calling a gap year between doing client work, and then asking my students for actual money. And so during that gap year, I relied heavily on tech companies and affiliate marketing to support myself. And that's how I monetized. And I simply told my audience, hey, while I'm figuring everything out, if you want to support me, you can support me using Buy Me a Coffee, which I will talk about until I'm blue in the face, because that site is free and it is a wonderful way for people to receive funding From their fans. And I just think that being able to see that your work is paying off, being able to look at the comments and to see that there are actual people watching and learning and growing because of you, it is a fantastic feeling. And so I would highly recommend having some type of tip jar that people can contribute to if you're a content creator so you can sort of connect those dots with your audience.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I know a lot of my clients have followed you and you've inspired them to use Buy Me a Coffee. I have oh, one who says it in every episode now. And it's something I've like, I've really wanted to kind of play around with. <laughs> and so... I really love that idea of taking the year off to where you're not asking them for money. That's something really cool because it's not like you're creating, you've created a Patreon account as soon as you became a content creator. You are still sharing your knowledge, sharing that value, and kind of playing the long game that a lot of people will even refer to podcasts as being, or even YouTube as being, where it is a long game and you have to build up that reputation in order to get the support from. Your listeners and your audience and your viewers. So I know that you are constantly having to come up with new ideas. How do you as a content creator, decide on what topics you'll create, or gather that information or even to the extent where you've run out of, of ideas? How do
1: you navigate those challenges? Strategic unplugging was the best thing I learned in 2022. If you are in a constant state of consuming content, it's really difficult to create. And I would find myself in a position where I would get paranoid and think, oh, did I see somebody else making this? And that's why I have this idea? Or is it my own idea? And so it was really important to me to find times to get away, to go outside, to consume content from different industries so that I could make sure that I was always coming up with something that was fresh and new and really true to me. But I also had a two-way conversation with my audience through Instagram stories and polls, constantly asking them, what do you need from me? What problems are you having? What struggles are you having? And not really sourcing my information from what was popular, but legitimately saying, I want to create a resource to meet your needs. I need you to talk back to me. And so they would reply to emails. They would reply to Instagram story polls. And so from that, I was able to decide what to pursue. And then from the YouTube angle, I could also look at the analytics and I could see, you know, how did this video perform in the first 24 to 48 hours? if people saw it and immediately went like, oh my gosh, I need this. They're commenting, they're sharing. It's like, okay, we need to double down on what's working. And if it's not working, that's okay. It's beautiful. You created it and now it's time to move on. And so really holding everything with an open hand and say, hey, you really can't predict how people are gonna respond. You just have to put it out there and then just see what they think.
0: I think that's such a good approach to creating that content, especially like I tend to encourage my clients to plan out a quarter of content at a time. That doesn't mean you have to do it all. It just means that if anything at any time goes wrong, you're not having to think of new content later down the road. But one thing I always tell them is like, you could get into the second month of your content and hate everything else at the end. Or like maybe it didn't resonate and you were guiding your audience on a journey to the last few episodes. And I'm like, you have to actually look back at what your audience is connecting with, engaging with, and pivot the content if you need to. But you mentioned Instagram stories. And one thing I did want to ask you about is, how are you as a content creator connecting with your audience enough to actually get them to respond to you? Because I feel like I know I struggle with putting out polls and no one responds. And I'm like the person that goes into my poll and I'll actually answer it. So at least one person has answered it. But
1: have you ever done that? Or like, is there a
0: way to get people to go back if they
1: skipped it? Yeah. So what I will do sometimes is I will post to my feed to draw attention to what's in my stories. And usually I'll leverage an Instagram Reel to do that. I I think for me personally, Instagram is such a playground that I do not take seriously, that it gives me the freedom to just experiment without feeling like I'm going to break it. At this point, Instagram has kind of broken itself. You can't break it. So create (laughs) what you want, do what you want. And so sometimes what happens is because Instagram is prioritizing Reels, People will see your reel long before they see your story. And so if you create the reel saying, you know, today I'm asking my audience XYZ, you know, feel free to check out my story to participate in the poll. That could be another way to draw attention. And honestly, my email list is a huge way that I refer people back to Instagram content. So I will actually embed that into an email and say, hey, guys, You know, this post didn't get much love. If you can go check it out and let me know in the comments, that will be great. And so the engagement in my email, because it's better than social media, it actually boosts the engagement of my Instagram feed as well. So, I mean, there are little hacks that you can use, but I think ultimately just getting your audience to tell you what they want is so much easier than doing it and hoping for the best.
0: Absolutely. I I love that idea and I don't think I've heard anyone use the hack of using a reel to point to your stories. I always hear like, oh, use your stories to point to your feed because people will go look at it then. But like you're right, people are in reels all the time now over stories. I mean, I know I am and I've never ever thought to do that. So maybe I'm just behind
1: in the Instagram game right now. Yeah. I just think giving yourself the freedom to just to mess with it. I think that we, we get so caught up in a format of creating content that we don't break out of the box as often as we can. And so I would just say, yeah, I mean, truthfully, some of the funniest reels are the ones where people are just talking as if they're sending a voice note to a friend, you know, like not putting yeah. on any type of performance and literally talking to that person as if you've stumbled into someone's DMs. Those are the reels yeah. that people go, oh my gosh, like, let me look at the captions. She said do this or oh let me look at the stories. So, being as unprofessional in a way on Instagram as you can, I find it it performs higher. I've the amount of times I've danced in my office ironically. Like I'm not trying to show off and make you think I'm like, you know, in line for dancing with the stars. I'm just doing it cuz I'm like, well, Instagram likes dancing reels, so Here's a little jig, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah. you, just, you just have fun with it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Creating content full time is possible if you retain the joy. The minute you lose your joy, your audience can tell and they stop watching. Oh, I love that. I
0: think so many of our listeners needed to hear that because I I mean, I know at one point this year, I just decided like I'm only going to use Instagram when I feel like getting on and posting. I'm not going to pre schedule stuff. I mean, I do in stories, but it's my team scheduling. It. It's not even me. <laughs> but if it's like work related in my feed, it has to be like, I have to have feel this power pull to actually posting it because I was like, I'm not going to be the person this year that talks so much hate towards Instagram because it's not working for me. I'm going to just enjoy it and find other things that work for me. (laughs) So I do love that you shared that because I think too many of us do take it too seriously and forget to have fun with it again. So thank you for sharing that. Speaking of having fun with things, you recently wrapped up 25 days of Canva tutorials at the end of last year. How in the world did you balance creating and producing that much content at such a high quality? Because this is
1: all YouTube content. Yeah, that was crazy. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be like, oh, it was a breeze. No, it was a challenge. And I think um, I was listening to this interview with Adam Grant and Reese Witherspoon, which if you haven't heard that one, go listen to it. Um, But he was talking about the fact that a lot of people don't start to do something because they don't feel confident. And he said, really, what happens is your confidence grows through challenges, your confidence is something that is the result of pushing yourself beyond what you think is possible. And so for me, you know, I knew I wanted to stockpile some Canva content because they had rolled out so many new features in 2022 and people were getting overwhelmed. They missed stuff. They didn't know you could do various things. And so I said, okay, well, I could do 12 days, but what about 25? Because at that point, all of a sudden, you kind of pierce through all the noise on social media and people go, how in the world is that going to happen? And I think taking it to that next level was so helpful because I realized one of the things that I was struggling with was consistency without having a client. You know, when you have client work, they give you a deadline. There's sort of that pressure of, oh, I've got to please them. I've got to make sure that they like it. But when you're a content creator and there is no client and there is no boss and there is no deadline, how do you keep showing up? And so that challenge of I'm serving the campaign, I have made this claim that I'm gonna do it, I have shared it, now the people know, and I've gotta do it. And so because I put it out there for that accountability, I made it happen. And it grew my confidence as a creator because I was doing it, 25 times. And so I definitely did take a break. I took a whole week off work. But I mean, ultimately, what was helpful was to realize that it was possible. And if I can do that, oh, my word, I can do once or twice a week. That's nothing in comparison.
0: Yeah. I mean, even like I'm sitting here thinking about 25 tutorials. And that is, I mean, most cl- most podcast hosts, that's half of their year of content <laughs> of like weekly episodes. Because I mean, you are creating so much content, and I mean, I know it's going to provide so much value to your listeners and your audience, but also drive so much traffic to your channel because I, I mean, I know anytime I have a Canva question, I'm like, LaShonda, help, what do I do? What did I do wrong? And you have an answer within like 30 seconds. So yes, I think that so many of our podcasters could take a lesson from you in this because If you have not challenged yourself in some capacity here, this could be a chance for you to do it, whether it's for your podcast, for a new content type that you're wanting to explore, maybe that's YouTube, maybe it is Instagram. I just, I think that's so, so
1: special. I do have a team and I I do think it's very important to (laughs) emphasize that. So for all of you listeners who are trying to avoid burnout or, you know, don't want to be intimidated by this challenge, like ultimately... I have a team. However, I had the systems in place before this campaign to sustain it. And so ultimately, in order to pull something like this off while still maintaining my mental health, while still taking the weekends off, like you have to be able to leverage a system. And so, you know, even when it came to filming the content, we filmed all of the intros and outros when I was having good days. So that when I was done with that, I could hide behind a screen recording in my jammies and just make those screen recordings. And so it's not like I'm, you know, I'm putting on a full face of makeup. I'm hopping in front of the camera. I'm doing all these things. Like the content was definitely batched in order to make that easier to execute. But ultimately, like having a team was the game changer. And I think it's so hard to scale without a team. You only have so much time and so much energy. And so maybe doing something like this may be too soon for you if you are a solopreneur without a team. But I would encourage you if you have help push them, because this is a team effort and it's so inspirational to the entire team. None of us thought we could actually pull it off, but I agreed to it and I put it out there. And so we're like, we're going to try. And so it has been also one of the greatest team building exercises to pull off something like this and to be able to walk away from it and say, we did that. So definitely don't run yourself into the ground. I'm not advocating that. But if you have some help, I would encourage you to just push yourself for a season, right? Not the whole year. Just say, okay, for this week, I'm going to do daily uploads you know for this month I'm going to do daily content and then just step back and see what happens with that being said I
0: want to ask when it comes to building a team your first your entire first year of being a full-time content creator you did not charge for content or education to your audience you monetize in other ways like you said earlier how did you approach building a team with that in mind like was, is there a first step or a tip that you would give to someone who's like, okay, I want to do
1: this. I may not be
0: ready to charge my audience, but I need help. Where would they start?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would definitely make sure that no matter what, you keep paying yourself. Early on in business, that was one of the mistakes that I would make is I would make sacrifices on my end to be able to pay other people. And ultimately, that is the quickest way to burn out because you're not seeing the benefit of doing all that hard work. So make sure that you're paying yourself. But if you have a little bit of disposable income, you want to sit back and think, who can I hire that's going to pay for themselves? You have to think of your team in that perspective. It's not just who can I pay to take things off my plate? Because ultimately, there are some things that we don't like doing that you truly just need to do, you know, when it comes to maybe managing your bank account. Maybe it's not good for you to pay somebody else to do that. You can check your bank account, you know, or, or clean your email inbox or, or whatever. There are certain admin tasks in business that most of us don't like doing. But ultimately, when I look at building a team and I say, okay, well, this team member can edit a video in three hours. That same video would take me nine hours. And so ultimately, by hiring that person, I can create three times the content by letting them do it for me. And so I know if I create more content, that will lead to more clicks on my affiliate links, more brand sponsorships, more visibility. And so ultimately, that person is worth the expense and should pay for themselves. But you also have to track it. If you think they're going to pay for themselves and in six months time, you look back and you go, man, that didn't really work out you have to be willing to communicate with them, give them the heads up and say, hey, it doesn't look like this strategy paid off, so I'm gonna have to revamp my strategy and I really appreciate everything you did, but I've gotta go back to the drawing board. And so just being very critical about how you spend money in your business is so important because so many entrepreneurs waste money thinking, oh, if I just throw money at it, it'll make me money. And if that was the case, we'd all be millionaires. There are such things as like bad <laughs> purchases and bad expenses. So um, just look at the numbers. Is this person freeing me up to make more money? And is this person paying for themselves? If they are, then it's just the cost of doing business and that's totally fine. I, I love that. So
0: inside of Mike Check Society this month, you will be dropping a special guest training on how podcasters can use Canva for for their podcast and marketing. So can you tell us how this tool or even other tools have changed the game in
1: your business? So Canva is essential to my life and to my business. (laughs) Um, Honestly, this tool has been one of the websites I've had a subscription to for the longest. And what's so great about this software is they're constantly expanding it. You know, Other programs, you pay for a subscription to, I don't know, like the Microsoft Suite and you get Microsoft Word and Excel and they say it updates every now and again, but it doesn't look that different. But Canva, I mean, it seems like every week they're rolling out a new feature and they're eliminating the need for some of these other subscriptions that you might be paying for. And so I think that teaching people how to get more out of their Canva subscription is a huge service to the small business community. We all have limited budgets. We're all looking for ways to get more for less. And so Canva is an incredible tool to do that. And specifically for podcasters, when you can get more people listening to your podcast, like that directly correlates to money for you. And so if it's the difference between, you know, creating a a cover for your podcast that catches someone's attention versus one that blends in the crowd. I mean, that could really change the trajectory of of your podcast. And so I think what's exciting about this is like, I can see the direct application. Like if your graphics are better, if your guests actually share them, my word, it could change things for you. And so that's why I'm really excited for this opportunity because I want to see more podcasts get more visibility. Ooh,
0: I love that. I, I agree. I would love to see more podcasts get more visibility as well. I, I think for me, the biggest thing with Canva and podcasters is it does make it so accessible and easy for you to create repurposed content to market your podcast episodes because it does not have to be a brand new, fresh, graphic every single time. It can be a template that you're using for every podcast episode or alternating between every two weeks or every week or whatever that looks like for you. So I really love that. If you could go back to the you who was first starting your career, what advice would you tell her?
1: Just try more. (laughs) Just try more. Just do it. Just do the thing. I think there was so much time wasted trying to do things perfectly that I could have gotten a lot further, a lot quicker, by just showing up and doing it. Um, there's just there's a time investment when you're getting started in business, where you just have to keep, you know, throwing darts at the wall to see which one's gonna hit. And if you're too afraid to throw, you can never hit the target. And so I think for maybe the first two three years, especially, I felt, oh, I'm so unqualified, or oh, I'm not worthy, or oh, I'm not as good as. XYZ, because I'm so new. But being new can be such a blessing. Being new can be such a wonderful thing, bringing a new perspective to old, tired ways of doing things. And so I think that, you know, for new entrepreneurs, or even people who are new to podcasting, The time to experiment is when you have fewer eyeballs on you, you know, work out those kinks early on so that later when you're ready for more visibility, you've already gotten comfortable with how you're showing up online.
0: I think that's such great advice for even not just new entrepreneurs and business owners, but existing, like those that have been in business for a while that forget that they need to just try things because, I mean there are so many times that I get so caught up in like, I've been doing this this way for this long. And that's just because that's how I do it. And I don't sit back and think of like, what could I change? What could I improve? What could I do better? And what skill can I learn to be better in business? So I think that's great advice as a whole for anyone listening today. I wanna wrap up this conversation with a couple of things. I'd love one for you to point people to where they can connect with you, but two, I know that you are launching some workshops this year. So could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so creating the workshops was actually a response to people's comments during the 25 days of Canva. Um, so many people asked, like, oh, do you do one-on-one Canva training or or can you come in and do a training for our business? And I just thought, you know, I would probably benefit from having a regular time once a month to just do a deep dive on various software companies. And so I'll definitely be doing some Canva workshops and I'm gonna have those available for people to sign up on my website, LaShondaBrown.com. So if you go there, um, you'll see either a sign up or a wait list for the next one. And so I would encourage you, if you want to be able to learn from me live, that's probably the best way to catch me. I honestly pop into so many different communities to teach, uh, but that is something that I will do on a regular basis so that people can reach out. You can always go to my YouTube channel, Bootstrap Biz Advice, and just go to bootstrapbizadvice.com and it'll redirect you to my site.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm excited for everyone to be able to check out your content and your YouTube channel and also explore those workshops because I know that they are very much needed and you're just going to crush it at it. So thank you again so much for joining us for this episode today. I know it's inspired people to create content and explore the option of being a full-time content creator. So I just, I really appreciate you joining us today. No problem. And good luck, everybody. Happy creating. Thank you so much for listening to Clocking In with Haley Gaffin. For resources mentioned in today's episode, head to gaffincreative.com. If you're a podcaster looking for a community that will help you improve your podcast, make sure you check out Mic Check Society, our community for podcasters who are looking to take their podcast from good to great. Enroll today at micchecksociety.com and use code podcast for $10 off per month. If you love this episode, I'd be honored if you'd leave me a review in the Apple podcast app. Until next time, I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, clocking out.